Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Originally from Chicago, but you've lived most of your life in Los Angeles, right? That's true. Yeah. Wow. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a culture shock for sure, man. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not excited. Well, no, I am. You know, half and half. <laughs> how How are the people treating you though thus far? Because again, that's probably the biggest culture shock of all. Most Different personalities. I didn't realize how um, how slow I talked or how slow I walked until I came here. I know it's um, go go go, man. Yeah, it's uh, very on the pulse, and I'm like, you got to oh, be on your feet. Yeah, so uh, shifting to that has definitely been something. It's That'll be a good experience, thing. though, man. For sure, Jack. Was that was that <laughs> your your top school of choice to go to New York? Yeah, it was actually originally I went to UC Davis for a year, and then um, yeah, music wise, I don't know what really drew me to New York, but I was listening to like a lot of jazz albums at the time, a lot of live jazz albums that were recorded in Manhattan. And I realized Davis really wasn't fit for me. It's good mm-hmm. for many other people. Um, so uh, I applied and they accepted me. It was beautiful. So it's a great feeling. Senior year in uh, high school, you get that acceptance letter from just one school. And you're like, all right, I'm set up. I'm good to go. Here I go. Chasing after your dreams, man. That, that's awesome. Keep picking ass with all of that. But yeah, I'm glad we got to do this because I got a ton to pick your brain about, man, with everything that you've I mean, got going on still. A young kid. I'm, I think I'm about four years older than you because I just graduated college this year um, yeah. out in Phoenix. So, you know, for you with everything you got going on, just not only as a musician, but you got your own documentary, you know, you're an author. What what, what makes you tick, man? Because again, that's a lot of stuff to do at a young age. That's true. Uh, what makes me tick? I think it's, it's more so like a driving force that when growing up, I didn't really have anyone to look up to that that fit who I was or the narrative that I had. So I just want to be that for, for kids that are like me. I want to be um, an inspiration. Yeah. Now, looking back at that, did you have anybody that you looked up to and say, wow, they do so many things. Like I had, you know, big pro wrestling guy. I had a few guys that were like, Oh wow, he's got a podcast. He's a wrestler. He's a rock star. You have all these different things. You're like, I want to do that one day. Who, who, who did you look up to in that sense and say, like, this is what I want to do? Because, again, like, like you said, you were listening to some of those albums that inspired you to go to New York. Yeah, I was listening to a lot of jazz musicians, just a lot of musicians in general, and they made me, like, want to pursue music. And then watching, like, people like Donald Glover on 30 Rock at the time and seeing how he wrote and started, I was like, okay, so, like, writing is cool, too. So I had like different people that I looked up to in different different areas, and I, kn- I didn't really have anyone that was like all of those things. So I was like, okay, so this is what I have to tackle, and um, yeah, it's it's been a beautiful beautiful journey that I'm still doing. And like as an author too, because writing music and writing a book, <laughs> two completely different things, right? Tiny bit, a tiny bit. How do you enjoy that experience of writing a book? And what, what's it about, by the way? Um, so it's chronically positive. My son's five subsystems staying positive. It's centered around my kidney illness, nephrotic syndrome. I co-authored it with my father. It's basically the steps that we do whenever I'm in the hospital, whenever we're feeling too down, and just how we implement these steps and stay positive, have a positive outlook. It was just also like our way of giving back. It was, it was beautiful, man. 
Oh my God. And that's awesome, dude. I definitely want to read it at some point. Again, Jeff Lopes got to give him a shout out for setting this up, kind of reaching out and connecting both of us. Uh, because again, I feel like I'm in a similar boat of someone who's just wants to accomplish a lot of things and like, nothing's really going to stop me. And I feel like we're on the same, you know, wavelength there when it comes to that stuff. So at what point, you know, you write the book, you got the documentary as well in the shed. What's, you know, the idea behind that? What's the documentary about? Is it similar to the book or was it something completely different? Yeah. Similar to the book. It was about, um, it was centered around my kidney illness and growing up with that, my journey with that, um, how it was at the time I was doing mixed martial arts. So it was showing all these montages of me doing mixed martial arts, just doing stuff I'm passionate about and focusing that around my kidney illness, you know, how I'm juggling all these things. And the main purpose of that was to show, to give back again, to give back and to show um, everyone else that like, you know, it's not the illness that defines you. Um, you do anything you want. And that was like the main premise of the documentary. It was like the book, but my dad and I wanted to, to, to fill the masses, to affect even more people. So we, we were like, okay, a documentary is probably more accessible. So let's try and, and up the ante. So at what age, you know, you talk about overcoming this illness, not just physically, but mentally, right? Like it's the mental yeah. thing that you got to get past. You know, you, you get to control your own narrative in a sense, no matter what's going on. At what age did that click for you? Because obviously your dad, I feel like, is very supportive. You know, he's juggling all this stuff. He co-wrote the book with you. He's setting up the documentary. He set up this podcast. He actually, like, that's why I apologize for the Zoom at the start of this. Because he's like, yeah, I'm assuming the interview's off because I haven't gotten a Zoom link yet. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll send it. Sorry, man. Um, but he obviously seems very supportive, you know. And, you know, with everything you got going on, how do you keep that mental health intact? And at the same time, when did it click for you that you control your own narrative? Yeah. Uh, well, first, you know, shout out to dad. Uh, I'm very honored, very appreciative to have someone like him in my corner. But also, um, it took a while. You know, it's definitely hard growing up and being the odd kid out, you know, having to not go to school, having to miss days because you have an illness and, you know, everyone else is playing handball and you have to sit in the corner because you can't, like, physically, you don't feel like it physically, and then that just takes a toll mentally. So it took a lot of days where I felt like the outsider, and it was a lot of um, self-drive, honestly. It was a lot of, I have to look in the mirror and be like, hey, man, it's not just your illness, you aren't your illness. You have to, there's a lot of talks with yourself and, like, just a lot of believing in yourself. You know, no one's going to, at the end of the day, no one's going to extend their hand for you. You have to you have to help yourself up. And I think it's, my friend Ensign Inouye has, like, this beautiful quote that's, like, fall down seven times, get up eight. And I think that's the mentality that I had growing up with this to, to get to this point. So what age did you pick up a guitar for the first time? Because you mentioned, you know, not being able to play handball and, you know, activities like that growing up. But at the same time, playing the guitar is a lot freaking harder than playing handball. So at what age, again, did those inspirations come together for you and want to learn and be disciplined enough to learn how to play the instrument? Because it's very difficult if you're not passionate about it. Uh, when I was about 13, it was, I was in, I was doing jazz band in middle school. I was playing saxophone. I had this, had this big afro because I didn't like cutting my hair. Someone like across school was like, yo, it's Jimi Hendrix. And I was like, what? Who is that? And I went home, 
went on YouTube, there's this video of him playing guitar and setting it on fire. And I was like, oh my god, this is so cool, I'm hooked. I asked my mom to buy me a guitar off Craigslist. And it was one of those things where, like, you pick it up and you play it, you know, you're really bad at it. But, like, you just look at it and you're like, this is, I had that feeling that when I first played it, I was like, okay, well, this is what I'm doing. This is, I'm, I'm set to this. It was like an internal thing. I don't know how to describe it. I'm sure no, you know, I, I kind of, I'm kind of picking up what you're throwing down. My brother is a guitarist and he's there insanely talented now. But growing up when we were eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, he'd be playing the exact same tune, messing up at the exact same part. And he'd do it over and over and over again for about 12 hours straight. And I'm like, oh my God, just get pat, like, get over the hump, man. But I definitely understand. But you, because you have so many different inspirations too. I was looking at the website, John Mayer, BB King, to name a few. You just mentioned Hendrix. You know, was the first guy to turn you on. I'm a big Slash guy with my Guns N' Roses t-shirt I on. Respect. Yeah. So you're all over the place. You like rock. You like blues. You consider yourself a jazz guitarist, correct? That's correct. <laughs> wow. um, yeah. It's sort of. I think that my mind moves really fast. Like, I I always want to be doing something else. No, that, that came out wrong. I always just want to, like, push the limit. You know, I want to have my feet in many different pools. And one of those things, it shows musically, I have my foot in all these different types of genres, and I just want to be as versatile, to get, express myself in many ways as I can. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's that comes from your experiences, too, and getting over that hump of, like, this is what I want to write about, this is what I'm feeling right now. You know, like you could have, you know, happy days. That's where the blues comes in. You could have, you know, those semicolon days where you want to play hardcore rock and roll and metal, right? Like semicolon days. That's a good name for a song right there. Think of me like when, uh, <laughs> or melicon. I think that's the word. I got to get a dictionary one of these days, man. Sometimes I, okay. I, I mix up words. I make up my own words too. Uh, hey, respect. <laughs> You'll learn. These next four years are going to shape who you are, man. Oh, man. Yeah. So you you have an afro if you grow out your hair? I have an afro. You caught me in the middle. I shaved my head about a month ago. This Just like total skinhead? A tiny bit. Not total skinhead. Close. It was like, it was basically skinhead. But I, um, whenever like I'm about to do another project, I do this thing where like, my phone is on do not disturb i shave my head as like a meditative thing and i just i like just make a bullet point so you got me in the middle of my um my creative my creative storm but normally it's an afro <laughs> i respect them i had hair like down to here about a month ago wow and i cut it down to this just because i needed a break yeah, I, I wish i nice. had had the courage to just shave my head every now and then <laughs> this is the best feeling in the world man you don't have to do anything that's true. And you, sh- you save on shampoo and conditioner. Yeah. I have like this mean calic though in the middle of my head. It's like a little bump. So I don't have a great bald skin head, but I love okay. the feeling. You respect it. I like <laughs> so what's your main goal, you know, moving forward with everything you got going on? I mean, you've accomplished so much, but now you're at school. Are you going to use your studies to continue to grow as a musician? Or are you going to, again, take your own experiences that you've already had your own knowledge that you've gotten whether it be from your dad or other mentors that you've had in your life and kind of use that to shape and build your career as a musician yeah it's um that's the question that that even i want to find an answer to 
Um, being here in New York has definitely awakened, it's awoken something in me. Um, my like crea creatively, I'm like on fire, writing songs all the time. So I think being here at university, I'm hoping to to enhance my toolbox that I already have and learn how to like properly express myself on the instrument in a more um, professional way. Maybe not as much as in, as a in a DIY way, mm -hmm. but I feel like my upbringing with my father, the documentary, those skills have definitely shaped me. And as a musician outside of playing the guitar, like just as a person. So um, my goal right now is to just properly figure out who I am musically. Like I have an idea, but I think now is my time I can really just hone in and really like define who Tyler Ransom is. Now, do you want like a specific genre or would you want to be all over the place? Because again, like my brother specifically, like he's a big Dave Matthews fan. He's into jam bands, but he loves and appreciates rock and roll too. He appreciates rap music as well. Like, would yeah. you want to do different styles of music? Like put out a track of something completely different? Or do you want that one genre that people look at and be like, that's Tyler Ransom? Yeah, I think right now I'm, I'm trying to be versatile. So I feel like, you know, just a little bit of everything. You know, yeah. I know it's not really like, the best right now but I think that's what my my heart wants so I'm going to try and and mend everything together <laughs> wow see I, I think that's more interesting because you're going to get a lot more looks from a lot more people that appreciate your different styles and different wide you know objectives of what you're trying to get out there because again like you're going to have times where you're inspired to write something a little heavier than other days where something might be a little bit more low-key exactly which comes from those different inspirations of, you know, John Mayer, B.B. King, Slash, Jimi Hendrix, all of these guys. Yeah. Well, moving forward in New York, did, did you um, did you travel a lot growing up? Because, again, like have, getting inspiration to write stuff, you must have had to have different experiences. Because, again, being in New York is going to be completely different from living in Los Angeles. Like you got to get out of your element in a sense to kind of be re-inspired by things. That's true. I, um, with my mom, I traveled internationally. Like, we went to Thailand. Um, my mom's also Filipino, so every two years we went to the Philippines. But, um, I didn't really travel a lot in the States. This is my first time just going to the other coast. Wow. So, in regards to that, like, I, I grew up mainly in Los Angeles. So, a lot of the experiences that I write about that I've, ex or that I have experienced have been, um, just like at school or with friends, just like growing up in LA. Yeah, growing up in SoCal, things are laid back. Now you're in New York, man. Yeah, I got to say. That in-your-face mentality. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really have that yet. I don't know if you got the vibe yet, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so have you, I guess in a way, have been inspired or found that niche to write different music yet with a different style being in a different state? Because, again, you just yeah. got there, right? <laughs> I've... Yeah, I just got here. It's been um, insane already. Uh, just seeing like the musicians on the street, or like I went to Central Park the other day and saw our performance. And then I go home and I write. And normally, what I do when I have like a rough idea of a song, I put it down. Then I send it to a friend that I trust, and I'm like, "Hey, what do you think?" And lately, the feedback I've been getting, everyone's like, "Oh my God, this like this is a whole new you." And I'm like, "Wow!" So New York really is rubbing off on me. <laughs> but um. Yeah, so I, I think my sound is changing as of now. 
That's oh, awesome. Yeah, Venice to Venice to that East Coast. But once the That's, snow comes, it's probably going to change. Oh, yeah. You're going to turn into Kurt Cobain when the, when the snow comes. Yeah. Most depressing <laughs> months out of the year, I thought, growing up. You're going to have a different experience because you didn't have it growing up. But from my perspective, I just did not love winters. You might be different yeah, from that. Maybe. I, I don't want to put it down because you did move there. <laughs> How many roommates you got? Uh, I have four roommates. It's pretty four crazy. roommates? That was so having this podcast for the past four years and starting it in college, that was my biggest pet peeve of roommates just coming in and out of the room all the time, not understanding oh what's going on. Yeah, you have to put like a sign on the door or something. Like a uh, recording in process. Yeah. Like that. Have you found that to be difficult yet? Um, not yet. We all also because like it's an art school, so like two of my sweet mates there are other know this musicians. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, we're all just doing our thing. You like them? Yeah, they're tight. We're, we have a community. That's a great, man. That's very interesting. Like my brother went to school in Nashville for music and he, like everybody was just so tight like that. Cause everybody has the same common goal. It's not like you have like one skater kid and you know, one business kid living together, you know, like you, you guys are actually a tight unit. Have you, um, you know, you have a ton of your solo stuff. Have you thought about playing with other guys and, you know, forming that close chemistry and that close bond to actually form a band one day? For sure. I don't really know if in regards to, like, a band, but at least, like, a band to back me up, you know? Yeah. So, like, when I perform live, I got I got my homies in the back supporting me. But um, I've definitely been vibing with different people, sort of getting the lineup together, hopefully next year when things are hopefully uh better we could we could go out there oh yeah just go to central park man yeah just do that but um just play and you got uh, so many different tools in your toolbox too when it comes to you know making music videos producing documentaries you know like you got you got a lot to bring to the table um in regards to that stuff how have you enjoyed making music videos and putting those together because i feel like those take a long time but the out like the once it's out it's awesome to look at, like all that work paid off. It's been crazy. Um, the music videos I've made have just been like with friends and like for free. We just get a camera and just like mess around. Like yeah. my latest one for ends well, I rented a, a camera from the school with my roommate and we just went around like Washington Square Park and just filmed me like rolling in the grass. <laughs> and we put that up and people were like, this is very avant-garde and I was like yeah it is avant-garde that's what I was going for 100 percent it's been it's it's crazy applying visuals to it and like not taking yourself too seriously and just like letting the music speak for it it's been a beautiful thing I I feel like with your passions and everything that you've gone through you know promoting mental health you know for other people as well as yourself you know getting there because again you got to take care of yourself before you can take other people that's what I believe I feel like that's what a lot of people believe um, when it comes to people critiquing your stuff, like you mentioned before, you only go to people that you really trust that you know are going to give you honest feedback, whether it be good, bad, or ugly, right? There we go. Growing up, did that stuff ever get to you? And over time, like what kind of taught you that it doesn't really matter what other people think, um, but at the same time, taking that criticism from the people that you do trust that are going to give you that honest feedback? Oh, yeah. For the longest time, I, like, couldn't hear criticism because, like, it just ruined me mentally. I was like, oh, man. But um, I think the more I created, the more I started listening back to the songs I wrote, 
it was just like just believing in myself and being like, okay, people may not like this, but as long as I vibe with this and this is honest to me, then I did, I did the job. Like that's my end game to just put something out there that represents me. And if they don't like it, that's that. But I took a long time and a lot of believing in myself to, to come to that stage. And then when I did, uh, now I feel confident and happy whenever people bring criticism because I'm like, okay, well, this helps me formulate how I can further express myself and be honest. And we talked about your dad, Marlon, earlier. How, because obviously he's very much involved, but how big of a factor was he early on when it came to finding your passion and accomplishing everything that you've done to this point and at the same time get you in that mental capacity to say, I'm going to do what I love because that's what's going to bring out the authenticity in me. And that's, what's going to bring me true happiness at the end of the day. Yeah. My dad is, he, he's my number one supporter, my number one fan. He goes to all my shows. I'm very honored. Yeah. I love him, but, um, no, no, buts. but, um, he's, um, he was always honest with me in the beginning <laughs> and, uh, honest with me now. And he helped me, find my voice musically and he helped me he implemented the whole um just believe in yourself and if people don't like it then they don't like you and you just have to keep moving but um his guidance really helped shape who I am as a person yeah not everyone's gonna like you man and I feel like that's the most important lesson to learn in life you know be yourself if people want to be a part of your life they're gonna be a part of your life and if they don't then move on exactly do you remember the uh, first time you played live and were you nervous as hell? Yes, I remember the first time I played live. Wow, you really brought me back, Jack. <laughs> I was, I think I was like 14. I was with some friends in middle school. We were, we played Careless Whisper at like an art gallery. And I, um, I, I almost pooped myself. I, I remember my dad came there and filmed and I was looking at the footage and the whole time my face is just like, just dead. I'm just looking at the floor, just, like someone like my dog died or something i was, I was how many people were there it was about it was very small it was, it was like well i guess very small is like it's different for everyone but there were like 20 people it was just like people that go to art galleries i feel <laughs> like it would be a lot harder to play in front of 20 to 30 people as opposed to like three thousand people that's true as odd as that sounds yeah, what, what's the largest odd. capacity you've ever played in front of maybe three thousand I mean, really? I'm just thinking I did my high school I did my high school talent show senior year just as a, like my final goodbye and I you know it was mandatory it's during the school day but like was it like a giant auditorium yeah it was a giant auditorium wow I hit that right on the head wow yeah. <laughs> that's so fun I think the first song my brother ever played live was hunger strike temple of the dog in a um in a restaurant in front of like 30 40 people and like you look back at it like in the moment i'm like wow he's kicking ass and then you look back at the video like yeah he's definitely improved <laughs> that's yeah that's what happens to me all the time you is your dad your mom you know like taking videos of you and you look back four or five years ago and you look and say like man that was great at the time but like i've definitely improved down the line or do you look back at it and be like that was awful i'm so glad that i kept doing this a little bit of both sometimes i'm like wow i definitely did something that's me there doing that. And sometimes I'm like, I can't look at this right now, guys. Like, it's it's too awful. But um, it, keeps, it, it pushes me 
then I go to the practice room, I go to the shed, and I just practice even more. Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing you can do because it's the one thing you want to do. Exactly. Do you think you'll get more into, because again, you wrote the book, you did the documentary, do you think you would want to do more stuff like that to either spread a cause or just have a passion project? You see Dave Grohl doing all this stuff, you know, from the Foo Fighters. Like, he's the musician, but he's also kind of, you know, a, a director. He's a filmmaker. He does all this other stuff. Because like you said, you want to, like, dip your toes in a bunch of different things, whether it be creatively or musically. Is that something that's crossed your mind? Definitely from time to time. And then I'm hit with the reality that I have a paper to do, and I'm in college. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's also I have to have to um, be realistic with my goals but like I definitely want to do all those things it's just a matter of how I'm going to organize all that and manage my time because that's probably I mean you probably know Jack that's probably the most important asset I have being in college time management so I got to work on that first (laughs) I mean it's going to be the most important thing moving forward man like the past six months after graduating like time management I found out very quickly it's like well I I have a job I gotta make money but at the same time there's a lot of downtime and what are you gonna do with that time you gonna keep working or are you just gonna sit on the couch and watch tv exactly so at that point you know you're you've done all of this stuff what are you 18 freshman year Uh, in college uh, close I'm 20 so two years off so you're 20 years old still you got to look back and think like I've already done all this stuff I got to go to school there's a lot on my plate but you're 20 years old you still have so much more life to live. Like this is where you can make all of those mistakes. You don't want to make mistakes, but like this is your time to experiment and do things creatively that I guess in a sense, not a lot of kids your age or my age are willing to do. Yeah. Have you uh, found that to be true or? Oh yeah, for sure. This is like, I guess I see this with a lot of my peers as well that they're like, Oh my God haven't found myself and I'm 19 what am I gonna do and I'm like guys relax relax like you're yeah. you're only 19 yeah like, give yourself time to make mistakes you start you hit it on the head again Jack this is I feel like it goes one of two ways it's either you're you know our age and you have no idea what you want to do with your life and you got to think like I got my whole life ahead of me or there's you know other people who have accomplished so much and they think like oh I should be at my peak right now but you're 20, 21, 22 years old. You know, there's still a lot of room to grow. You're going to make mistakes. And sometimes it's hard to realize that in the moment because sometimes time doesn't move as fast as you think it is or you want it to be. Um, And there's, you just got to look back and think like, man, I've accomplished so much. You don't want to look back at the past. You want to keep moving forward, but at the same time, appreciate what you've done. Exactly. It's so moving um, forward, what's the uh, what's the main goal at school? Because again, you're gonna have a lot on your plate, dude. But at the same time, you want to keep thriving in what you've already done, the platform you've already built for yourself. That's true. I want to. Um, I mean, I guess like at the heart of everything, I want to remain authentic to my craft. You know, I don't want to overwork myself, and I don't want the guitar to, to ever end up feeling like a chore. Yeah. I realize like being at school for music is um, a luxury that many people can't afford. So I'm trying to um, to just make the most of it. I want to continue to be better at my craft and I want to get tools that will help propel me to a space where I can properly express myself and hopefully help others find their voice. 
See, that is that is the vision and a half, man. That's awesome. Thanks, Jack. That's fantastic. To have that mentality at again at 20 years old. I sound like I'm 55 talking to you. But (laughs) I mean it's so true, man. And and I I wish you the best of luck with everything you got going on. I'm I'm glad your dad and I got to talk to set this up as well. Uh, you have class today? I do have class today. today. (laughs) See, I promised I'd get you out of here in an efficient time, and that's what I'm going to do. But the last thing I do want to ask you, with everything you got going on, and give me an honest answer here, because I feel it sometimes too, and you're doing something you're passionate about, you want to accomplish big things, you got a big vision, sometimes it doesn't turn out that way. And to go back to our last conversation about, you know, we're young, we got a lot of time to figure this stuff out. But have you ever felt times i don't want to use the b word burnt out but have there ever been times where you kind of doubted what you're doing and think like maybe it's time to take a break from this because at the same time like when you have those feelings i know at least for me if i ever feel burnt out in a sense i still can't let it go because it's a part of me it's almost consumed a little piece of me it's um it's happened quite a few times on this journey and it's definitely not going to stop anytime soon like i think that's just part of the the journey for us creatives, you know, doing something we're passionate about, sort of going off the path that's written for us. But I think it's overcoming that um, that feeling and just keep pushing on because the people that do push on are the ones that, that make it, you know. It, uh, what is it, like, you can eat, like, swim or, swim or drown, something like that. But, yeah. like, it's quite literally, like, that's, um, that's how it is. Sometimes you need to be burnt out and you need to take a step back. And just look back and see everything you've done and really put stuff into perspective. And maybe that'll like either they'll be like, oh, okay, maybe I'm focusing on the wrong thing. Or maybe it'll be like, okay, so I've done all of this. I need to take time to appreciate all this. I got lost in the sauce. It's the journey, not the destination. And you keep keep moving forward. I love that, man. I love that. Well, I'll, I'll let you go. Uh, in the shed, the documentary, it's out now. Where can we find everything that you're doing, whether it be on social media, the documentary, the book? Where can we find all that? Yeah, you could just go to tylerransom.com. Um, in the shed, the documentary, as you said, Vimeo. Uh, we wanted to hit, it was on Amazon Prime, but we were like, okay, we want to go to a worldwide audience because so many people are watching it. So we went to Vimeo, and it's on demand there, which is pretty beautiful. It's pretty sick, very sick. And uh, that's really it, you know? Just stay blessed, peace and love. Jack is the man. Dude, Tyler's the man. Go to, again, tylerransom.com. That's where you're going to find all of his stuff. Uh, young, very inspired young man you are. Stay in school. Again, I feel like I'm 55 saying that. I'm 22 <laughs> years old, fresh out of school. Uh, but, yeah, dude, we got to do this again sometime. Hopefully a few weeks, a few months down the road, we can catch up again, uh, do this. Maybe when I'm back home, we can meet up and do something. Uh, but again, man, keep kicking ass. I'm glad that, you know, big props to Jeff Lopes for setting this up. Big props to your dad, Marlon, for setting this up as well. Um, keep doing it, man. Thanks, Jack. Have a blessed day. Stay, stay, just stay you. (laughs) Stay you, man. Thanks so much. (laughs) Bye, Jack. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.